0: Welcome to episode 545 of Troubadours and Tours, with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's episode, we feature a wonderful conversation with regular contributor, writer, professor, director, baker, and candlestick maker, Kitty Bell Burbank. We talk with Kitty Bell from her place in the West Side about being exhausted, part-time work to pay the bills, getting older as a woman, challenging authority, being depressed about our government, leaders having wisdom, tricky conversations, journalism, fairy tales and lies, being woke, directing a play, talking about the dark parts and autumn mornings, among other things. A wonderful conversation with Kitty Bell Burbank this go-round. We also share two E.W. poetic pieces. The first one's called Soul, and the second, Love and Hate, an ode to Radio Rahim. All of this, of course, will be infused, imbued with the wonderful energy of several great tunes. It is so nice to be with you. Let's get to it then. Episode five hundred and forty-five of Troubadours and Rakan Tours. you Yellow kitchens and hum of the refrigerator with magnets and pictures, a matisse so watercolor on the water, beach Mediterranean pink, and potted plants, a balcony into the past, the future, and all warmth and all beauty is overshadowed but is bursting to reveal itself and reign eternally supreme, the best of humanity, Yellow Kitchen Zen.
1: Staring at the asphalt wondering what's buried under
0: Hello, hey, hey, Kitty Bell Burbank, is that you? It is me. <laughs> I haven't good.
2: heard that name in a while.
0: No. No. It's a good name. It's solid.
2: Yeah. I, I need to use it again.
0: Well, you're always Kitty Bell Burbank here on Troubadours and Rock on Tours. You know. True. Yeah, and uh, it's a great name you came up with. It has a, it has an awesome ring. Uh, for for it's the. My-
2: Burlesque name. Is it your burlesque <laughs> name? Never, never got the burlesque routine together. But at one point, I had ambitions.
0: It's never too late.
2: Oh yeah, it might be. <laughs>
0: we go to Madam Jenny's. Yeah. Do, do it down there.
2: They did a show in Pittston recently. I was like, oh wow.
0: There was a burlesque show, yeah. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. I, uh, I, I'm a full supporter of that notion. Go for it. All right. Kitty Bell Burbank, by the way, folks, is uh, a regular contributor here. I'm happy to say for many years. She is a writer, a professor, a director, a baker, and a candlestick maker, among other things. And uh, today we're talking with her from her place in the West Side. She just got home from campus. As did I, matter of fact. I think we're on two different campuses, maybe. I don't know. We're on the same campus?
2: Today, yes.
0: Yeah, excellent. Well, uh, I was
2: on two campuses today, but I ended uh, same place.
0: And uh, now we're we're both at our homes and our studios. And what are we going to talk about today? You. I asked you this morning. I texted you while I was having my morning coffee. What are we going to talk about today? And you said, I have no idea. Three exclamation points. So then you came. I'm up-
2: exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just be completely honest? I am so I'm, I'm resting. I am becoming less exhausted, but I, uh, I knew that directing a play while teaching seven classes would be a challenge.
0: Oh God. Um,
2: you know, so it's it's expected, but um, yeah, I'm recovering from that while you know grading for midterm at the same time, so.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. a lot. That's seven classes directing a play. Mon- right. Yeah. So,
2: you know, I'm only human.
0: You sound superhuman in a way. That's a lot, you know. and and But I'm sure, I, you know, it stimulates you intellectually and probably I, I'd uh, venture to say spiritually and in your soul and heart as well.
2: Yes. Y- yes, I'm doing the things that, I wanted to do always, you know, um, the, the goal I'm sort of living the goal. I just have a little bit too much on my plate. So, uh, the idea is how do I keep doing things I love without having to, um, do things that I don't love.
0: Like, you mean part-time work and stuff that you need to supplement your income
2: Right. I've had lots of kinds of jobs and, uh, it's just become, I mean, maybe I'm getting set in my ways <laughs> a little less. I mean, I, I still think I'm adaptable, you know, I'm, uh, easy to get along with. I'm a team player, but I, I think getting older and I'm going to throw, you know, pull the gender card out here, uh, getting older as a woman is, you feel like you're accumulating authority and um you know you've been around you've had some experience you know some things but um you're just i don't know you're just still expected to act um subservient in a way that i'm just not comfortable with
0: you're experiencing that yeah
2: i have yeah um it's, you're not supposed to necessarily be a leader or, um, you know, show authority in, in certain workplaces, whereas, you know, it's part of just who I am. I, I, you know, I used to challenge authority when I was a teenager, you know, and, um, I feel that we're all equal in society. (laughs) You know, I'm not really good at, uh, Acting um, submissive.
0: Yeah, me either. Me either.
2: There are employers who demand it.
0: I yeah. You and I are very similar in that way. Um, That's probably why we like each other. (laughs) Uh, But it's and I'm not a woman, but as a man um, who is getting older. I don't I don't experience the same thing you are as a woman, but the age part, you know, I, I find that people that are twenty, thirty years younger than me, that are in my circle, uh, you know, as 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 colleagues or uh, not peers, of course, as colleagues, they tend to, and I think sometimes when you get older, they look at you as as being old and in the way, like you you, mm-hmm. you your ideas uh your experience is is not are not valued you know they they are antiquated or or they stand in the way of progress only the the new ideas coming from the new and i put air quotes around the new cuz they're usually not new they this is mm. the first times these folks thought thought about them you know? <laughs> uh it's it's you know it's just a little frustrating sometimes
2: yeah do you think that's an american uh, thing or yeah, yeah. cuz i know i was watching uh reservation dogs excellent recently. show oh,
0: excellent show
2: it's it's so good it's like one of my all-time favorites i think but just the the respect that they show their elders right I'm like where is that in in this country we're you know we're having the recent cover of the new yorker had all the senators not all the senators trump you know those Pelosi older and
0: yeah i the saw walkers that. yeah
2: you know, and then like Diane Feinstein died the next day. And I was like, I bet that artist is really glad that they didn't have her on the cover. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that would have been thoughtless. Yeah, that, that would, have would have been, been really
2: bad. <laughs> I mean, and yes, I believe in term limits. And maybe once you I mean, once you hit 80, you should be able to relax. You shouldn't have to go to Congress anymore, you know. But yeah, I don't know.
0: Uh, yeah, I think it is something that is pretty common here not necessarily that mentality of the elderly or elderly, the older, elder. we're all elder. If you're like over 40 or old, you know, <laughs> like get out of the way, you know, uh, that is not everywhere. And I know in my experiences in, in uh, several European countries, it's not that way. For certain, it's not that way in Asia, most countries in Asia. I'm not sure about Africa, but I bet you it's not that way in most countries in Africa either. Mm -hmm. Uh, As you mentioned, uh, people, uh, indigenous people here in North America, peoples of the First Nations, they certainly are not of that mindset where the old are worthless in, in the way they have a lot to offer.
2: Right. So, yeah, being in a classroom full of students works for me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, there you get it. You get that sort of like, "Hey, uh, what I have to offer is, is valuable."
2: And, and, and we have to work for it. I mean, we don't get their respect automatically. I, I, at least in my experience, I have to earn it. I have to earn it with every right. class every semester. and And I you know, I have a little sticky note that I made the last time we spoke that says, "Demonstrate the benefits of education." Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I've been working on you know um how can we get across that it's a good thing you know reading and learning is is something that everyone should want
0: right and and it's never you should never feel like you, you, there's a point where it's not important anymore it's always something you should do
2: yeah sometimes it's a hard sell but
0: um, it, yeah yeah and i
2: mean There, yeah, there's some people that are just never going to be readers, and that's that's fine. You know, I I say everyone, but um, everyone should want to learn.
0: Yeah. And think thoroughly, you know, critically think,
2: gather Mm -hmm. information,
0: analyze, communicate. Yeah, everybody should want to do that.
2: Right. It's the scary, well, it's not the scariest thing about what's happening, you know, in Israel and Palestine right now. I Mm. mean, the scariest thing is people. Innocent people dying. Right. But the, it scares me that. So, I mean, how do you say it? Right. There's, I know that there's a lot of Americans that are quick to come to decisions about things without understanding the, the truth about a situation. Right. And, and so I, I just, I, I, I know there's a lot of horrible things being said right now.
0: That are uninformed and insensitive, uh, for sure. Yeah, they're ignorant in many ways. And, uh, you know, you and I are citizens of this country, and we're happy to be, and we love this country. And part of the reason we criticize it is because we care about it so much and we love it so much. And, and, And we often act as if we know it all. I don't. No, but generally speaking, you know, like we totally know how to go in and fix other countries, right? Oh, just let us get in there for a little while, and we'll fix that situation. Yeah, okay. That's
2: been, you know, a mess since the since the beginning, since Mm -hmm. at least the '60s, if not earlier.
0: Well, when you're, yeah, I mean, when you're talking about the the Arab-Jew dichotomy. That thing's been going on for thousands of years.
2: Yeah, yeah, even before. Yeah, you
0: know and that's been going on, and we don't even understand it. it.
2: I don't. I've been trying to understand it my whole life, and I I feel like I just still can't wrap my head around the whole thing.
0: No, no, and it. it uh, I don't. I mean, when I was in undergraduate school, a professor. A history Professor gave us a book to read, and it was called arab and jew and I learned a lot from that experience about some of you know what informs what's going on today, and it's so complicated and it's so deep, you know um so to to simplify it, you know coming from the West and saying, "Yeah, just get along yeah well, you you'd be great if everybody just got along, of course, but it's not that simple,
2: right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just saw I, I had to turn on the news when I got home because I'm trying to be up on what's happening right now um, and understand what's going on. And I think it's going to have to get worse <laughs> before it gets better, as they say. I don't know. And I, I'm just trying not to get depressed about any of
0: it, which is really hard. Why do you get so depressed by it? You're talking about our government and its dysfunction? Yeah what yeah. what what depresses you over it? I mean, I think I know, but I'd like you to hear what you what
2: you're saying. well it it's it just I think you as a younger person as a as a child, you have this belief that these people that end up being the leaders have uh wisdom or um that they're leaders because they are concerned about people and and want to help and serve or you know just that they know more than us or they wouldn't be in those positions and then as you get older you realize that's not true at all (laughs) you know that the reason that people become prominent and become elected i mean it's 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 getting more ridiculous i think um
0: i don't know (laughs) <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. It's getting but, more ridiculous. it is and
2: and we all have to deal with the consequences of the decisions that they're making. It's affecting, you know, all of us regularly. I saw, I don't know, something recently that the majority of Americans are just completely fed up with all of with all of it. You know, I, everyone that's in office. and it's like, well, how are we supposed to? It just seems so broken. And no one has a solution.
0: I I, uh, I hear you and I agree with you. And I just hope all those folks don't give up because then it'll never get fixed.
2: Right. That's, that's exactly it. We just have to keep, I don't know, trying to fight any thread of action that we can take and, and do do what's in our power,
0: right? Right, right. And realize that we do indeed have power, but it takes time and right. energy.
2: Yeah, I saw there's a Pennsylvania Supreme Court election is on the ballot.
0: Are you running? No, I'm not
2: running. <laughs> Although, I mean, at this rate, maybe I should, right?
0: <laughs> Why not?
2: Um, you're an, in- just, you're an intellectual. Could really, that could be a really important election,
0: right? yeah. yeah.
2: Um, we need to be careful about who who we're giving power to
0: i agree and and if you don't do anything, you think you're not involved you are you are allowing people that maybe you do not want to have power to get power yeah so you know you have to care and it, it, it eventually it will directly affect you if it hasn't already you might think it hasn't these folks that aren't Thinking about things in the way you would or do, being empowered, they are going to make things occur in ways that you will not be happy about. Mm-hmm. So you got to do something. But what do yeah. you do? You know, what do you do? You, I guess you, you vote, you support, you learn the issues, you debate, you argue, you talk with your family and friends. I don't believe that whole thing about you shouldn't talk with your family and friends about politics. I think that's silly. You you should be talking with each other about politics. How, how else are you going to connect and understand what you need to do as a group?
2: Yeah, and how are we going to get better at it if we're not doing it, if we're not practicing, you know, having those tricky conversations? Um, every time I find a, a temporary solution or I'm like, yay, we're, <laughs> we're figuring this out. You know, my, my mom... And I have different politics. And I know I've talked about it before. And, and I know she's hearing things on a regular basis that is talking about how evil teachers are and how they're indoctrinating students with leftist ideals. And, um, and wow. if, yeah, if thinking critically is a leftist ideal, then okay, I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah. But that's not what they're talking about. And, and so I had to remind her, like, Mom, that's me, you know? Do you think that, that I'm that? Do you think that I'm doing that? Because that's what they're saying, you know? And, and, and I felt that she, you know, gave me a little concession there that, um, you know, she knows me well enough to know that I'm not trying to force my ideas on children.
0: Right. You know, I, I think, by and large... The vast majority of educators are thoughtful people who are aware of the power that they have in in a, in a room, and they don't want to abuse it, and, and and they don't want to manipulate their students. I think that is something that all most educators, if not all, are cognizant of.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm mostly just trying to teach students that they need evidence to support. Their assertions like it's in every class, it seems like it comes down to that. You need to do your research and you need to establish credibility <laughs> um, and you need this evidence. You can't just say things without being able to show how you got there.
0: Right. And you, you know, you were a journalist for a while. I mean, I guess you probably still are, but you were a working making money to pay the bills journalists for a while and mm-hmm. and of course you learned that and exercise that uh, when you're in that capacity for sure
2: yeah i feel bad for uh the journalism there's so many bad uh journalists i mean there's there's not i need to say that differently uh there, I, there was just a story i was listening to about a a newspaper down in Florida that is basically pay to play,
0: you know. Oh wow, no good.
2: Payola newspaper. And 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 it's those things. It's people pretending to be journalists, you know, whether it's you know, you go all the way to Alex Jones and InfoWars trying to make it look like this is a news program when it, it's not any it's not news at all, right? It's it's opinion mostly. And, um, and the confusion that's been allowed to, um, it's, it's, it's the two sides of the coin, right? So we're like, Oh, democracy, people have access to technology and, and they can put this information out there. But then there's been so much confusion now without those gatekeepers, without those standards, anybody can say anything and, and people are having a really hard time telling the difference.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. And if again going back to education, if at an early age people aren't made aware uh that there are there's some there really is fake news out there. It's not the kind that number 45 used to talk about. Right. Uh that he was talking about real news it didn't work in his favor, so he called it fake. But there truly is fake news out there, and you got to be able to understand which of the sources that you're you're uh, getting your information from are credible, which are not. First and foremost, and yeah. Then you can make uh, informed, good decisions based on facts, not on fairy tales or or lies. So, yeah. Yeah. And
2: and there's been a, a- a force that's undermined the, the very language that we use to understand what is fake and what isn't right. I mean, I haven't read um, Naomi Klein's new book doppelganger yet, but I understand that she talks about that a lot, how um, the, the, the rights appropriation of um, the language that the left used to use so that now you can't use it anymore. (laughs) Because, um, and you know, when you look at the the contradiction of a, a phrase like "woke," um, where I hear perfectly, you know, well-meaning students using "woke" as an insult, um, it, it, that's so confusing to people.
0: Yeah, it is confusing. I mean, it, there's also an argument I think for me. For me, now you and I might differ on this to be made that some of the wokeness... I believe, generally, in the whole woke ideology and, uh, if you want to call it a movement or consciousness, awareness, I believe in it, generally speaking. But sometimes it's taken too far. Mm
3: -hmm. And then
0: it, 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 it makes people feel bad about asking honest questions or for showing their, you know, their vulnerability because they don't understand. Or, you know, maybe in my view some things aren't even that big of a deal and you're making it a big deal and you're creating division and you're making people close and that's not helpful to society if people are closed and afraid to talk to one another
2: we were just talking about that in literature class today um, how they there's been laws by you know people in Florida and wherever else that students you can't present information that's going to make anyone feel uncomfortable. And it's like, well how how are you going to talk about anything?
0: <laughs> right.
2: Learning is should be uncomfortable to an extent. It should be there should be shocking revelations and things that you you didn't know that are changing your viewpoint. If it's not you're not learning anything. You're just having your current beliefs reiterated. And I mean, the the students definitely, you know, they they understand that they understand that this could be tricky to talk about. You know, we're talking about a story and different degrees of racism and colorism are are happening in this story. And in order to understand, you know, what Toni Morrison is getting at, we have to talk about it. Right. Right. We have to ask hard questions sometimes.
0: Your students are lucky to have you. That's great.
2: <laughs> I hope they think so.
0: Now, you know, the woke part of uh, you know of it all, I think, is a part of it all. I, I think it was a phase moving toward something else. I think we've – the initial aggressiveness and very narrowness, I think, of the woke um, initiative, if you want to – I don't know what word to use to describe it, um, has – we've gotten past that. We realize that you have to be a little bit more open, but at the same time, people have to be called out about things that weren't called out about things earlier. You should not we used to allow things to be said or done turn a blind eye or just smile and grin and bear it, but we said no, you we shouldn't. We when it, it, that's wrong and that's progress. But you can't be too narrow uh, uh, in in terms of what can be said and cannot be said for the reasons you just described so eloquently. Oh, was it eloquent? Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and and I I I feel like it's our job as educators to push students sometimes you know they're they're not going to like something like group work a lot of students do not want to do group work they don't want to have to be reliant on another student's performance it might impact their grade you know but in the real world the hardest thing often is other people <laughs> if we don't give them a chance to see what the dynamics is like of having to work with other people, you know, cooperatively, I, I think we're doing them a disadvantage. So, you know, I, I will say you might not like this, but you need to know <laughs> what it's like when you get a job in a company and have coworkers. It's it's not gonna work out the way you want it to do all the time. So then how are you gonna handle that? What are you gonna do when things don't go your way?
0: Right, right, exactly. And you don't want it to become a you know uh, a culture like would be found on that program survivor where you create your clans and you try to wipe each other out. Uh, that kind of stuff, you know, is so. Base. I think I've
2: experienced that in the workforce.
0: <laughs> I know it's not uncommon. That's why, yeah. And but that's not that is not healthy. That is not advanced, an advanced way of of, of living. You know, uh, healthy way of living. So yeah, you got to be able to deal with conflict that's inevitable, but deal with it in a way that's not burn it down. You know, all uh, all all or nothing. You're with me or against me. That's no. Now, speaking with Kitty Bell Burbank here on Troubadours and Rock On Tours, regular contributor, writer, professor, director, baker, and stick maker, among other things. Uh, so how, how was the directing of your friend Maureen McGuigan's play? How'd that go?
2: I believe that the show was successful for, you know, a premiere. This is the first time it was we did a reading in the summer um as she was finalizing the script um i i think it was very well received especially by i mean i he did by women of a similar age i think there's something there by anyone who's gone through any sort of mental health struggles which we're learning is almost everyone
0: <laughs> yes
2: And 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 that was I heard that from a lot of people, you know, John Bromberg after the show said, I never saw that side of Maureen before. Well, why would you? You know, we don't talk about it. There's a part in in the show where she's talking about um, suicidal ideation and saying that even your family and friends won't let you talk about it. They say, you know, they silence you almost right away. Oh, don't be, you know, don't be ridiculous. You have so much to live for They won't let you talk about the dark parts. They don't want to hear it, you know? So the theater, I guess, is a way that, you know, you know, going in, we're going to talk about some of those things. Um, and, and I think it helps people to to hear the struggles that other people have been dealing with.
0: I agree. It it was a one woman show. Yeah. So like a monologue basically.
2: Yeah. um, Yeah. Well, a a series of stories on a similar theme woven together, you know, with a, a shape. It's, I guess it's a monologue. There's some scenes where, you know, it's more than one character, but it's just Maureen.
0: She's playing stage. playing the uh, the various characters herself. Yeah. That's good.
2: Yeah. yeah, so it's not just, you know, one person talking. It's um there's interaction, but it's just her if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I could picture that. I've seen things like that before. I bet you it was fantastic. I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to come out and see it. Hopefully you'll be staging it again.
2: It's been discussed. Yeah, there I mean, we did four shows for Fringe and there's always people who didn't get a chance to see it you know, and she, she had asked me, should, should I do this again? And, you know, and I, and I said it the wrong way. I was like, well, if you think you can sell tickets, but I mean, that's not her motivation. <laughs> but what I meant is if you, if you think that, you know, people will, will come, you know, if, if there are people that, um, it's hard cause there's just so much happening and so much going on. And even when there's things that we know that we will enjoy and that, that we would like to see it's, we just can't sometimes.
0: That's true. I know. I know. It's not a bad position to be in, right? Having so much to do, you don't know where to go, which to choose. If It, it, it stinks if you're too busy to have any fun, and, and that's why you're not doing it. That's uh, kind of the reason why I wasn't able to come. Um, now, Having too much fun? No. I, I, I had yeah. so much other stuff to do. I couldn't. I didn't have enough time to set aside to, to do something fun like see a, yeah. a show. I
2: didn't either, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, uh, I was obligated. I, I made a commitment and a promise, so I did it anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, uh, I'm happy to hear that you did, and uh, hope to but see yeah. it again. Maybe you guys, maybe you should think about um, if it's how long is it? An hour? Yeah. Well, what about you know sharing it with the community via public access television?
2: I'm, I, yeah, I know she did record one show, but it was not the one that she wants represented. Um, The there's a good audio recording of the best show. Um, But yeah, that's probably something that will, that will happen. I I think there's something to be said for bringing people together in in a space. For sure. Giving them a chance to talk before and after. I know I felt that, um, that energy that, that comes from, you know, being surrounded by other people, hearing where they laugh, hearing that that effect and knowing that we all saw that same thing. It's there's there's nothing that can replace that coming together as far as I'm concerned. But uh, for the artistic aspect, you know, for being able to see the piece of work. Um, yeah, it, it will probably get recorded at some point.
0: Yeah, and I like what you said about theater. That's totally true. Um, beautiful part about theater: coming together and experiencing things as a group, and it happens in that exact way only one time every time. Right? Mm-hmm. It, that's the beauty of it too. Uh, so we're, you know, we have about I don't know five minutes or so. We're we're in the autumn phase of our four seasons here where we live in the Northeast. And uh, how you feeling about it? Where you at with it? With autumn, yeah. Uh,
2: you know, it's the other morning. I, I have to drive to Wilkesbury for an eight a.m. class every day, and um, the sun comes up during that time now. Uh, before it was, it was already up. When I left the house, you know, now it's rising while I'm driving. And the other day it was coming up behind me as I'm going down 81 South. And it was just so beautiful. The trees were just like getting lit up. And um, I, I love that. I, I, I like the being able to see the sunrises and the sunsets, even if the days are going to be shorter. And um, my, my sister and I are actually going to Boston this weekend to visit um, Miranda. Miranda, yeah. And I've never been to Boston and I'm excited about that. But I'm also thinking, what a great time <laughs> to be driving. Um, you know, people are going on foliage trips right now to see the trees. And um, Miranda and my sister are both born this week. Um, you know, they're my Libras. And so we're celebrating their birthdays and they, um, they love this time of year and it makes me love it more. And, um, we're going to Salem, which is, I guess, a really touristy thing to do in October. Um, and I'm not sure, I'm I'm sure I'll enjoy it. It's really their thing and I'm tagging along, but it's definitely going to be an interesting time to be, um, walking around Salem, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, Miranda's going to have a boss. She's with her mom and her aunt together. Yeah. yeah. And
2: she's going to be 28
0: yeah. on Friday. Amazing.
2: <laughs> Which is crazy, but I feel like that's a real adult age now.
0: Yeah, it is. You know,
2: so even though she's...
0: Her brain is fully formed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she's
2: like, yeah. she's not a kid. Right. She's an adult. That's right. So... Yeah.
0: And that's, I think, based on when we're talking at the moment, You're talk, her birthday's on uh, then October 13th.
2: Friday the 13th. And she was born on Friday the 13th, oh, wow, too.
0: Wow, that's cool. And it is Friday the 13th this year. That's right. That's really yeah. neat. That's really neat. And will you be there then, or is it Saturday or Sunday you'll be there? It's
2: Saturday. We're, yeah, we're going to drive on Friday, drive on Sunday.
0: Um, so Saturday we're
2: going to take that day trip, but... Um, Close enough. I mean, yeah, yeah, if the three of us can't make something witchy happen, <laughs> <laughs> then you know there there may be no hope. <laughs> the power of three.
0: I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome talking with you, and uh, you know we'll talk again. Probably when we're around the Christmas time of year, I would think, or the the
2: You just wanna know what the cookie recipes are gonna be. Th- yeah,
0: I love that part. I love that part. You know, and you you know, you have me on your cookie run too, which is pretty awesome.
2: You know, and that's something for me to look forward now too, because we, we're about halfway through the semester, right? And um it's it's gonna be a grueling like eight weeks to go here, but I know at the end of it I will have nothing else to do. For a week or two except bake. Right. And it's just going to be wonderful.
0: I think it's cool that you look at it that way. A lot of people would not. You, you're just a, you're a cool person. You're a cool person. Kitty Bell Burbank. And thank you for, for sharing that. Anything that
2: you know, doesn't require looking at a computer screen is like a vacation.
0: I hear you. You know, If you're doing it right as an educator, you need a break.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: You know? Um, we'll have fun with your sister and with your daughter, Miranda, tell Francis, I said hello to your other uh, daughter.
2: Yeah, it's, it's sad that she can't go with us, but, um, she has to work, so it's okay. She's, uh, only 25, so she's been spending the year going to other people's weddings.
0: Oh no, she, she's thinking been- about it.
2: Well she it's just every like other friend of hers. I mean she's got a lot of friends, I guess, also. Um she's been on a lot of guest lists, so it's 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 been at least a wedding every month.
1: Well, that's or expensive.
2: Or, a, or a bridal shower or a bachelorette party or you know, all of the things. Expensive. It's, yeah. I bet she does not want to ever have to go through this year again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it sounds like it's tough, but uh She's a, she's a, a pretty formidable, impressive young person too. So she is. Yeah. yeah. Good job. You yeah, got
2: really lucky with them,
0: huh? Well, and they got lucky with you too. Uh huh. Thanks for being <laughs> with us, Kitty Bell. Um, and I look forward to seeing you on campus and seeing you out and about, uh, yes. and, and hopefully soon in the theater again as well.
2: Yeah, I hope so. Take care. Okay. You too.
0: Love and Hate, an ode to Radio Rahim. Why lament over those who don't care about you? Maybe there are people in your life that dislike you intently, simply because of what you do and who you are. What can be done? Do we appreciate those who do indeed, in mind, body, and soul, care for us, respect and enjoy us? Those who cause us to wonder about ourselves create an opportunity for honest reflection and an accounting of personal stead and behavior. This is important, but... We should not lament to the point of depression and self-destruction. We can be thorough, earnest, and beautiful.
4: I need someone, a person to talk to, someone who care to love. Could it be you? Could it be you? Situation gets rough, then I start to panic, it's not enough It's just the habit, a kid, you're sick Well darling, this is sick You can all just kiss off into the air Behind my back, I can see them stare They'll hurt me bad, but I won't mind They'll hurt me bad, they do it all the time Yeah, 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 they do it all the time Time. They do it all the time. They do it all the, time. It all the time. time. I hope you know that this will go down on your permanent record. Oh, yeah? Well, don't get so distressed. Did I happen to mention that I'm in the press? You left me and two, two, two for my family and three, three, three for my heartache and four, four, four for my headaches and five, five, five for my lonely and six, six, six for my sorrow and seven, seven, for n- n- no tomorrow and eight, eight, I forget what eight was for but nine, nine, nine for lost God, ten, 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 ten. You can all just kiss off into the air. Behind my back, I can see them stare. They'll hurt me bad, but I won't mind. They'll hurt me bad, they do it all the time. Yeah, yeah.
0: And there you have it, episode 545 of Troubadours and Tours, with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum, Demure. I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. First and foremost, Kitty Bell Burbank. I also would like to thank these musical artists... Thelonious Monk, The Style Council, The Postal Service, Boy Genius, The Violent Femmes, Brantford Marsalis, and Terrence Blanchard, too. And, of course, I would like to thank you for listening. Until next time, let's give it a go and do our best with This time, take care of yourself.